0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Oh my God, I can't wait. It's happening. It's happening. This is M. The internet lost its collective mind. She is choosing to focus
1: on the one time in history when one of her conspiracy theories actually was correct except yeah. for Trump being elected. What yeah. are you saying
0: is erectile dysfunction? Don't know. I'd get but on board with that theory.
1: <laughs> You're in M.
0: Hey guys, welcome to episode oh, I guess it's six, of Emsolation, You Can't Lock Down Glitter. Thank you for being here. My name is Em Rossiano, your host. If you've never been before, welcome. And where have you been? Go back and listen to the other episodes. They're hilarious. Look, I want to thank everyone. We're still getting so many messages uh, saying that when you listen to the pod, it turns your day around and that turns my day around and God knows I need it because, look, we're going to have a serious chat on Friday night My wheels fell off. A lot of you will know that because you witnessed it. All the energy that I'd been sustaining myself with drained from my body. And um, up until that moment, I'd been keeping myself occupied with fun projects around the house. I'd been ordering board games from Amazon. But seriously, I panic bought things you know, like uh, I bought a game called Unstable Unicorns. I don't know if that was like a subconscious purchase, (laughs) which is a super complex card game that I still don't understand. I got Operation. I got a game called Throw Throw Burrito, which may not have been the smartest choice given the fact you have to piff things at your family members' heads as part of the game. And I don't think anyone in my house should have a projectile in their hand with the intent of throwing it at someone else at this point. Guys, I even got a jewellery making kit, an embroidery kit and some canvases and I bought a dog grooming kit. When we were first told we'd all need to be self-isolating, I kind of took that on with vigour and confidence. You know, I'm like, we can do this. I'm going to use the time wisely. We're going to grow closer as a family. We can do it. We can do it. Turns out we can't really. We're battling a bit. So I was in my car Friday doing my usual Facebook live And there's your first clue. I needed so badly to get out of the house, I went to do my Friday night wine time in my car and I drove it to the top of my driveway and I sat there. I think all the shock and adrenaline of the initial coronavirus news had worn off and I realised as I sat in my car trying to escape my family that I miss my normal life. I miss my freedom. I miss being able to just get out of the house and be away from everyone should the occasion call for it. I feel claustrophobic in my house and I'm just going to take a moment to just let you know about the washing. The bloody washing is never ending and I don't understand it. No one is going anywhere. It's like my family are doing three to 15 costume changes a day just to f with me. I'm going to institute an ISO uniform soon. It's going to be a grey tracksuit and it's only allowed to be washed once a week and not by me. And yes, I've become a bit obsessed with the amount of washing going on. I interrogate people about it. I make them smell things before they put them in the washing basket. And I know I'm being irrational, but I don't care. I need this to focus on. The problem is I went at this whole situation like I go at everything. I started at 100, you know. I'm like, yes, we're going to do the house up and we're going to play games and I'm going to better myself and I'm going to learn a language – When I should have started at 25, we can't play any of the games because we fight, and Scott did attempt to cut the dog's hair when I've got the grooming kit, but now they all look like they're attacked by feral cats. Toby, our poor eldest dog who's 15, has a mullet around his tiny penis. Like he used to have balls, so Scott managed to cut there, but then he figured out Scott could not be trusted with the clippers, so around his little penis, it's really long. I can't blame him. I wouldn't let Scott near me with those things either after what I saw him do to the other two dogs. I had no plan. I just hoped for the best. And now it's all kind of hit me that I've got a new normal and I have to adjust to it. But I realised, you guys, and this maybe will help you, I realised that I'm grieving. I'm grieving the things that I once took for granted I'm grieving not being able to see my friends for a drink. I'm missing dropping into my parents, just wandering around a shopping centre on my own, going to the hairdressers and drinking a coffee while someone else washes my hair and I read a month-old issue of Woman's Weekly. You know, now I have to food shop and suppress a cough and I do that so hard, sometimes I fart. It's grief and it's in the air and I think we're all absorbing it when we go out and I... I feel unsafe and I think we all feel unsafe. Every single one of us has had the rug pulled out from under us in a savage way with no warning and no preparation and I think that's really done a number on us. So I'm telling you about my grief because I always find putting things into words help me to move through them and you should tell other people about how you're feeling because nine times out of ten they're feeling the same way and I'm still figuring out the new normal and how to navigate it. And I'm doing what I usually do when I feel really challenged. I'm trying to look for the little wins. So I'm enjoying my walks. I'm saying hello to everyone I walk past, which I wouldn't normally do. I'm enjoying not being overscheduled. I'm enjoying the sense of community when I do go do the food shopping. People smile at me more. People are happy to see other people. And this isn't the answer because there isn't one because it's all so open-ended. But I think this is a way to survive until then. So guys, I'm challenging you between now and Thursday to acknowledge your grief as you would if you were grieving any other situation. It's okay that it's there, you're feeling it, tell people about it and know that you will eventually move through it. I hope that helps you. Today, you know, (laughs) I'm going to go out for a walk and practice what I preach, but I'm not always perfect at it. It's probably time we bring in Michael Lucas, who I will warn you has had his own moments, and he is usually very emotionally stable, which is why I was joined to him as a friend in the first place.
1: M. Rassiano and Michael Lucas. This is M.
2: Salation.
0: Well, speaking of crying and wheels falling off, normally the person who is my staunch... Pillar of strength and emotional fortitude, also shaved in an ISO mustache and cried <laughs> watching Delta Goodrum sing on Friday night. <laughs> Michael Lucas, what's happened?
1: Oh, no. I don't know. The wheels came off. I don't know what to, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, everything's still, things are still good. You know, the beautiful slow cooked salmon still happening, <laughs> the gin and tonic every night, but just <laughs> something ground to a halt at the end of this week and Anything could set me off, anything, anything from news stories to, yes, Delta Goodrum performances, and I wasn't alone. I, I was speaking to a few people and for some reason this was kind of the breaking point.
0: So the Homefront concert was on, when was that, Saturday night? Yeah. I didn't watch it because I was having a personal one-on-one conversation with Tina Arena whatever. Um, <laughs>
1: you didn't need to watch Rock Royalty through no. a, well, actually you did need to, but you were yeah. interacting with them.
0: I really was. Her and I were drinking white wine together and just reminiscing about things, but um, I know that a few things really got to you from that concert. I know. Well,
1: I came in in a a sort of, I was aware that I was in a vulnerable state because I'd already cried about seeing the diggers on their doorsteps doing Mm. the little salutes. That, I mean, which is moving at the best of times, but there was just something about it that really, God, unleashed the torrents. Mm. And then I don't know why. I started watching and I was finding I'd get, two bars in to an acoustic version of something like Don't Dream It's Over and just unbelievable <laughs> amounts of tears. And, yes, I am now official. I'm putting myself in a category of people. I don't know how big this category is but was brought to tears by Delta Goodrum. It's true.
0: You are now experiencing the M. Russiano everyday state when we're not in an international <laughs> pandemic, where yeah, anything look- could set you off. You're walking around and you're feeling fine and then all of a sudden you see an old man trying to cross the street and that just sends you into just... Floods of tears. He's probably fine. He's probably fit as a fiddle. He's probably going home to a wife and, and lots of dogs. But I, I feel sad. Yeah, well, and, you
1: know, I did have a few Amarassiano responses. I did, like, I was sitting there in a I hadn't drunk anything, so I quickly changed that. I went and poured myself a very strong gin. Also... Got in pajama bottoms and hopped under a blanket so that I could oh, watch the rest of the classroom. Also, feels like something you do, and then got <laughs> up the next day. And yes, did indeed make a drastic change to my facial look, which now is Now, let's talk
0: about I'm loving the Tom Selleck. I can't believe I was kind of annoyed because Michael had a full beard and then yeah. he kind of shaved it into like a Fu Manchu, like full Merv Hughes situation. And then back to the final sexy 80s pin up mustache. And all this is done without consultation with me, without zooming me to go through it with him. And then I found out about it quite frankly I feel betrayed on <laughs> Instagram where he was asking for other people's opinion where normally it is just mine and his husband's opinions that he goes by so what gives
1: all I can say is look, this was still very much in the cry phase and uh, <laughs> and look the gin might have been associated too and I was just sitting there in the afternoon I mean I feel like I, I am becoming you it's like you possessed me and I thought <laughs> I'm just gonna change up my look and I just stormed. I didn't have a shower or anything just stormed Not into it. the stormed into the bathroom and started shaving and start and i did i i would have you're right good call i would have contacted you but the problem was i went downstairs <laughs> and saw adrian and he just frowned and said is that some sort of fancy dress thing what are you doing <laughs> and typically, <laughs> typically oh. Adrian and Emma aligned on this front, and of course, yeah. you know, I mean, the state I was in—that was that was just a quiet tear as well in the bathroom.
0: Oh, God,
1: shaving and, no. and experimenting—is
0: it gone? Have you still got the ice? No, I still
1: got it. I've still got it, oh, and it was God. because it was because of you. Just wrote the first comment you wrote was keep. And nothing else.
0: You have effectively cut a fringe for your lip and I'm here here for it. it. (laughs) And it is, I've
1: never before because I've never fully entered the Emoraziato emotional state, I don't think I've ever before been in some sort of emotional tailspin and thought that the way out of it might be to change my look. But
0: it was kind
1: of satisfying.
0: Madonna's based her whole career on that, just changing your look. Do you reckon that's what's driving it? <laughs> Am I having an existential crisis? Right, new hair, new new everything, new children, yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Give um, me brown hair and a burning cross. <laughs> Tell you what, I would have taken that too.
0: Oh, doll. Now, look, moving on to something that doesn't make us happy, uh, of course, Master MasterChef, um, I feel like I need to just stage an intervention with you, though, because you have started writing erotic fan fiction oh, about God. the judges. Now, this is Thanks true, guys. Michael up. Lucas is writing erotic fan fiction about Melissa, <sighs> Dan, and Jock. Yeah,
1: not just via- Melissa, by the way. Well, well, I would say, if anything, the focus is on
0: Jock. And Dan being the couple. Dan. And he- Andy, Andy. Andy. Oh, God. I keep calling him Dan. I. <sighs> I'm not fond of Andy. My daughter's laughing because I scream obscenities at, at the telly when he comes on.
1: You find your way with him in the end. Like now I appreciate what he brings to the trio. No, you <laughs> know,
0: I, I think Andy's probably a very nice person, but I feel like he just repeats everything Melissa says but in a dumbed-down way. And I'm like, find your own things to say, Andy. Notice it. Melissa will critique something and Andy will say exactly the same thing in simpler language and I don't like it. But well, it's been I your whole career.
1: It's been your whole <laughs> career up until now. You don't want to say her I play that for entertainment. <laughs>
0: I can't do it, but you have been sending me these text messages explaining what's going on between the judges in your fantasy land and then then last night the text messages were focusing around the fact that Melissa is a professional eater yet you don't understand how she stays so thin and you deep-dived on her and her husband.
1: I did stalk them. I am turning into you.
0: I've turned into you with the wiggles.
1: I'm alternately crying or engaging in ridiculous fantasies about perfectly innocent people on my television. <laughs> I love Let's it. Just, just to confirm, I never had this about Matt George and whoever no. the other one was in the past. Gosh, I forgot. No, no. Yeah, Matt? no, I spend a lot of time watching them and it's a fast. I just want to be, you know what, I want to be around them when they get drunk. What is oh, the dynamic there? They're all happily coupled as far as I can tell. I have, I've yes. done an Emorciono style <laughs> deep, deep dive. And also, yeah, how are they so thin? How?
0: I don't understand it. Like she was legitimately wearing a silk aqua pantsuit last night and with a tight belt around said silk. Like there's no hiding in silk, no hiding. And she can still just just shovel those desserts into her perfectly red-lipped. Like there was a moment she was slurping spaghetti for five minutes straight. The camera just focused on her mouth. It was very erotic.
1: But you know what she's learned how to do, and and, and, uh, this was pointed out on Twitter, she... She has mastered the art of eating on camera. This is how much attention I've given this. She does not – because the mistake you make is you put it in your mouth and then you look at the camera and people can see the weird trauma in your eyes as you eat. She doesn't. She puts the the beautifully tongued hair back over the beautiful silk (laughs) pantsuit and then she takes a bite, looks down so we can't see inside the soul. (laughs) And then looks up with a perfect reaction. She has snapped. I like to think that she rehearsed it, that she filmed herself at home and she came prepared, and it's paid off because obviously I'm obsessed.
0: Well, me too, and I want, to, I want to take the analysis a step further. What I've also noticed is she does the hair, she doesn't make eye contact, she slightly leans forward. She also contains the food to the front of her mouth, so there's no garish chewing with the cheeks. There's no blowing out of the face. The face remains perfectly taut and slender as she moves the food to the front like a baby bird, just right Gosh. in the front of her mouth. So everything's elongated on camera. She is a professional eater, and oh, hats off, Melissa. I have to tell you.
1: Have we given it a bit too much thought? Probably. Also, no. I looked up, do you know how she is one year younger than George Columbaris? Really? Yeah, isn't is that amazing? She's 40.
0: She's our age. She's our age? She's our age, yeah, I know. Oh, I love her so much. I just want to briefly touch on Hayden again, everyone's mate, Hayden Quinn, served up chips from a packet to the Master Chef judges. I've started a Twitter war with him. I said, mate, you're giving Doritos to the judges with some sour cream and getting through. Like you were kissed on the dick. I don't even understand, mate. How did he not get in the bottom two? It makes, I love him. He's a friend of mine. But that, he keeps serving up. And he gave him beer from his ass pockets. Like, come on, guys. <laughs>
1: Look, fair enough. But also I'm starting to get to the point where I'm worried there might be a restraining. I want to take it out on both of us for the entire MasterChef <laughs> contestants and judges. I don't blame well, them if they don't feel safe. We're crossing Well, walls.
0: <laughs> We are not. It's all we've got in lockdown. And I, the last little thing with MasterChef last night, they really had a moment and it showed jocks. Like, you know, I do want to hang out with jock. So the Ice oh, Cream Baron. Everyone does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%.
1: He has got silver silver fox hair and tats and an accent. That is an absolutely unholy, and by unholy I mean extremely religious
0: combination. Tick, 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 tick Mm. my box. And he homemates the pasta in his kitchen. Did you see that with his little son just just ripping off those little shells? Oh, my God, get in my house. (laughs) And so... The ice cream baron served up his dish, which, surprise, surprise, is going to shock you, was ice cream. And unfortunately or fortunately, he'd shaped it to look like cock and balls. Um, No jokes, two little balls made of ice cream and then a wafer piece that was quite phallic sliced in the middle. Let's have a listen to the reaction as he put the plate in front of Melissa.
1: So this is Ice Cream for Breakfast.
0: It does look like
2: something that you would have in the morning. (gasps)
0: Yeah. Oh, Oh, I'm sad I wasn't the only one that saw
1: that. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, it's like
2: a. Is that why you're called Big Ben?
0: Normally I'd be offended at such mad, like over the top, toxic masculinity. But when Jock said it, I was like, oh, ha, 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 yes, penis on a <laughs> plate in front of a woman. <laughs> 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 you can only imagine what it
1: did to my erotic fan fiction. It was a whole new chapter.
0: <laughs> also,
1: I—I I, I don't think the other judges could have gone there. This is this is the new era we're in with MasterChef, and I, and I respect it. They're taking risks, and their risks are paying off left, right, and center.
0: I know Matt Preston probably would have like scooped one of the ice cream balls up and put it in his mouth and made the joke, and it would have just been like, "Oh God, no, Matt Preston!" <laughs> <laughs> with his cravat just dripping with ice cream. Um, <laughs> I've got to be sure. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll continue on with the MasterChef obsession. Poe, of course, sent us into a tailspin again, but I can't even talk about it. She nearly nearly didn't plate up again.
1: No, I went into emotional shutdown. I just closed down. As soon as she said, that pastry is not browning, I was like, don't, don't let yourself feel, Michael, become a robot. <laughs> <laughs> just look ahead. You can't afford well, it. They're... Delta Goodrum's <laughs> making you cry at the moment. Just hold it
0: together. Well, I've actually got a theory on why you and I are at breaking point because today we were meant to fly out together on our big camp holiday to Palm Springs, LA, Vegas, and I'm not coping. No,
1: fair enough, fair enough. At this point in time, it's so rare for Em and I to be able to get a holiday together. I mean, often we do cameos Mm. in each other's holidays, but always, (laughs) whenever she's on tour, I'm... Uh, free and then whenever I'm in the middle of a show we can just never do it and so we plotted this one out so far in advance so far and Mm. it was our dream trip it was meticulously planned
0: oh we're gonna go hang out with rich old gay men in palm springs in art deco hotels and drink cocktails I was gonna wear a lot of turbans
1: if people don't know palm springs it's essentially like an entire community in the desert that's been created by basically, it's like if the Queer Eye Fab Five and the Golden Girls combine to create a community, that's what Palm Springs (laughs) is, and M has not been there
0: never been okay, My Heaven. I was going to do a lot of dramatic arms, you know, silk scarf sleeves and, oh, God, and we were, we were going to go see Gaga in Vegas to end the trip. We we're going to go to Disneyland because I've never it's been. your first it time.
2: Was, uh. Oh,
0: it was Disney, gays, Gaga, LA, like we were going to go to see it, to all the drag queens in LA do drag con. It was the ultimate trip to be flying out on today and we're not going and I'm sitting up in my attic in my pyjamas with no makeup on. <laughs> you know talking how about, much I'm I, on the I, brink at the moment talking it's about ice cream cock and balls. Like I just I needed this holiday I'm Michael. pretty sure
1: we'd be talking about something akin to ice cream cock and balls even in Palm Springs <laughs> if I'm honest. But we would have been doing it by a pool. It would have been. It's and true. we timed, we timed the tip. It's 36 degrees in Palm Springs today. Don't. I looked it up. And w- and Melbourne oh. is just about to tilt into harsh winter. We timed oh. it perfectly. And by perfectly, Did I we- mean accidentally in a global pandemic. <laughs> but apart from that, it was gonna be perfect.
0: <laughs> One day it will happen. I swear to God. If I'm gonna as soon as we're allowed to replan, we are booking it. I'll have no money. You'll be paying for it, but we will go on this holiday. <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, I know you've got a very important meeting to get to, so um, you should go. But uh, I hope you have a better day today. Same to um, you. I might just pop on a bathing suit and sit outside. Oh, no, that'll be even sadder. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh <laughs> <laughs> really that PB can that's know
1: You're not gonna put on any makeup. You'll be on that couch. You'll be under a blanket. How dare you? Just put on something you can cry to. Put on League of Their own That's doing the trick at the moment.
0: Oh, that's good. I will put on League of Their Own. Alright, I'll uh, everyone will hear you on Thursday.
1: Brilliant. Speak then. Bye. This is Emsolation
0: Alright, gang, it's that time for you all to feel soothed and reassured by the calming tones of my husband's voice, which I haven't heard in 24 hours because we're not speaking because we're fighting, because we're in isolation and that's what couples do and it's real. And yes, even men who are well-practised in helping other people, it's like, you know, the saying when the masseuse's wife has tight shoulders, Scott gives all his love and attention to all the other people out there in the world. And then when it comes to him and I conversing, sometimes it's just silently mouthing, F- you behind each other's backs and that works too. But today it's a big topic, Scotty. First of all, hello, how are you?
2: Really good after that intro.
0: Don't even, man. I'm holding the talking stick. God, I wish this is how our fights went, really. (laughs) Um, Today's topic came in and we both heard it. We're like, yeah, okay, this is a big one. It's, well, we'll let you hear. It's from Kelly and she's going to let you know what she wants some help with. Hi, Scotty. This is Kelly. I'm 39 from the Gold Coast.
1: And I was wondering if you could help me with, I have a problem, (laughs) problem, um, with rejection. I can't deal with it. I take it very personally. I get disappointed so easily and it's ruining me. Please help. Thanks.
0: Oh, just the tone of Kelly's voice sounds like she has suffered a recent rejection. I hear it in her. It feels like she felt like worried if she put the question to us, we'd reject her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I could feel that too. It's like, yeah. You can hear it for sure.
0: Now, rejection is can come in many ways. Like this is a very broad question. So I guess in general, what does a fear of rejection say about a person? So someone who has an acute fear of of someone, you know, saying no or rebutting or re- rebuking their advances or whatever it is, what does that say about the person?
2: Well, I guess when we're really sensitive to that, we are equating what happens in that exchange to our self-worth and also our sense of self, and even our almost just our self um, stability, if that makes sense.
0: So how can we not do that? Because going into going into a situation where you feel like you' you're putting yourself on the line for a possible rejection obviously takes an amount of bravery. So when we know we're walking into a situation where there's a possible rejection coming, how do we steel ourselves for that or how do we mentally prepare for that?
2: Yeah, you can prepare for those situations by first of all recognising that um, there's a chance that they're going to say no. So you, you, almost the question you can be asking yourself is, how can I approach this uh, situation where I'm going to make a request of the other person or I'm going to offer something to the other person or people, but still be completely okay if they say no? What do I have already in me that's Good enough to go with and live my life that doesn't need this to say yes to go for. Oh my god, I'm making no sense.
0: Now you always say to me that I have I place too much expectations on situations because I also struggle with rejection and unfortunately I am in an industry where it's that's that's what happens. It's professional rejection all the time. But you often say that I place an expectation on a situation and that's the wrong way to frame things.
2: Yeah. So when we're um, when we have got this idea of expectation. We're basically saying to ourselves, I need this to happen for me to be okay. When we get an expectation that is met, usually all we get is relief. We experience just a relief. Thank God that happened. Mm -hmm. But when we don't get our expectations met, we get disappointment and can often be really crushing disappointment. Now, this is different than having standards. Standards are levels that we want, and that's the same as aspirations. So if we can have aspirations, we're saying, oh, I'd love this to happen. Can you do that with me, or can you help with me, or would you like to do this with me? And we're still okay if that doesn't happen, all right? And when we do get our – we meet our aspirations, our goals, our dreams, all those things – then we also experience joy as opposed to relief. So it's a much more sort of rewarding way of approaching it.
0: So when you do make a request of someone, when you do offer a service, you often say to us there are a few different ways that people can respond. Can you talk everyone through that?
2: Yeah, so from the ontological approach, which talks about language as a technology, um, there's four responses to making an offer or a request. And they are, very simply, the other person can accept the request or the offer, they can reject it or the language that's used in this field of ontological studies is decline. For me, I always interpret the word rejection that they've actually personalised their actual exchange. And then so they can accept, decline, counter, no, I don't want to do that, but would you like to do this? Or they can delay their response. So, to be able to be okay with those four different responses to your offer or your request, you have to start from the position of being unattached to the outcome of that exchange.
0: Now, you say that like that's an easy thing to do, but how do I extract myself and my self-worth from the outcome? How do I actually do that?
2: Yeah, I reckon, I mean, there's a billion ways, but one that comes to my head is you got to remind yourself of all the things that you already have that are in you, that in your life that are great. So taking that appreciative uh, point of view and also those things are, that are within your control because when you're always doing things with others, it's not 100% within your control. So then if you're relying on that to be okay, you're relying on something that's not within your control and that's a recipe for failure. Mm -hmm. You know, as in that's a recipe for disappointment because it's going to happen sooner or later. Mm -hmm.
0: So in simple terms, uh, for Kelly and everyone else, we've decided we're going to be brave and put ourselves out there. We're going to apply for a job or we're going to ask someone out on a date or we're going to, you know, do something, ask another person for a favour. How do we mentally prepare for that and what language can we use in those in those times
2: yeah so the language um, i guess uh Is interesting because you got to feel that in your tone. You got to go. Okay, I'm going to go and speak to this person. Remember that all I can do is ask them, and I've got to be okay with what happens. And if I if I believe that myself, then I'm actually going to ask that, um, make that request or that offer in a better frame and a better tone, anyway. So people, you know, it's almost like when people can smell your desperation, that creates fear in them as well.
0: So Kelly, hopefully you've learned, and what I've learned from Scotty is that. Going into any situation where you feel like rejection could be on the horizon, you have to remind yourself not to attach your self-worth to the outcome no matter what. And, Scotty, correct me if I'm wrong, it's about having an aspiration In that situation, not an expectation. And I always get in trouble with my expectations, my expectations of how my family is going to behave on Christmas day, my expectations of how Scott's going to behave around our anniversary. I often have my expectations of how people are going to deliver on projects I'm working with them on. And I oftentimes find myself very disappointed when those things don't happen. And I don't know if that's a form of rejection, but I do love that idea of changing that expectation to aspiration and i think that's a great a great language shift for any especially any women out there so you don't attach yourself to the outcome whatever happens happens and you're still a good person either way
2: that's right exactly that yep
0: thank you do we get that just say that again what
2: that's right that's exactly right well done
0: (laughs) 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 thank you that was very helpful oh good you feel good about your answer (laughs) (laughs) pretty good yeah you feel pretty good do you yeah. Okay, fuck you very much and uh,
2: sorry? I didn't hear that sorry what was
0: that I said thank you very much. Okay. It's fantastic. Uh, good job and um, close your computer down and we'll talk later about all the things we need to address. That's a whole podcast in its own isn't it? Right? you know what <laughs> He's That's it for this week guys. Um, I hope you've enjoyed emsolation because you can't lock down glitter. I don't say the tag phrase enough, do I? Guys, don't forget to subscribe and review on iTunes. I suggest five stars. And tell a friend. Uh, A lot of people are getting introduced to me via this podcast, which is both terrifying and exhilarating in equal measure. Also, the hoodies went on sale. My Rage and Rainbows hoodies are back on sale. mraciano.com. They're comfy. They wear well. They are, I think, a great metaphor for the moment because I think everyone is swinging between Rage and Rainbows in their households. And it's about to hit hardcore winter, so something for you to snuggle in. I will see you guys Thursday. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I hope you feel like you've got something out of it. And until then, stay safe, wash your hands, and, um, you know, Try not to fight too much with your husband. Jesus Christ, I'm going to kill him. Bye!